turning again tonight in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. We want to read beginning at verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask you to bless our study of your word tonight. These are such uh, precious verses and we just pray that you would help us to see ourselves in them as we think about them together and to see something of um, the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Tonight we are continuing with our study of the book of Galatians and for a few minutes we want to think about this timeline that Paul gives here and to um, try to come down to finish uh, chapter 1 so that, Lord willing, we can go into chapter 2 next week. The parallel passage to these verses um, is Acts chapter 9. If you'd like to keep your place here and turn back there, so that we can look back and forth between these two passages. If you'll find Acts chapter 9. We just read in Galatians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 that after he got saved, Paul did not confer with flesh and blood. And that includes um, going up to Jerusalem to confer with them which were apostles before him. We talked last week how the Lord took Paul into Arabia. He took Paul apart into a desert place for three years where he was taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you look at Acts chapter 9... This three-year period of preparation with the Lord would seem to be between verses 19 and 20 here. Let's read, let's read at verse 17. 
And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it, been, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. And in the space between verses 19 and 20, I believe is where we have Galatians 1.17, where Paul said, But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And then after these three years, Paul comes back to Damascus, and he comes not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but he comes in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And it's, the, it's in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that we read here in Acts chapter 9 and verse 20, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Paul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving, it's a very important word, Proving that this is very Christ. Now there's two things that mark Paul's preaching. In verse 20, Paul preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. He preached that. And in verse 22, he confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving, verse 20, he preached Christ that he is the Son of God. Verse 22, he proved, he proved that this is very Christ. Paul preached that Christ is the Son of God, and then he proved it. How did he prove it? How did he prove it? He proved it from the Scriptures. He proved it from the Scriptures that he was taught by the revelation of Jesus Christ. I've been thinking about what, what was he taught for three years. Um, and I think we get a hint, maybe, of what the Lord revealed to Paul and how he revealed it to him. In Luke chapter 24, if you'll turn back there, Luke chapter 24, you remember that 
this chapter, the Lord Jesus has risen from the dead. And there are two men who are on their way to Emmaus. And as they're walking along, the Lord Jesus appears to them as they're traveling there on the road. And they have this conversation. And, and in verse 21, these two men tell the Lord that we trusted that it had been He which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulchre and found it, even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now look at verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. That is the Old Testament Scriptures. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. Look at verse 31. And their eyes were opened... And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Now look down at verse 44. The Lord is talking to his disciples. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Again, these are the Old Testament scriptures. Then, verse 45, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. What the Lord did for these two men, what He did for His disciples, I believe He did for Paul during these three years in Arabia. What the Lord did during those three years in Arabia in teaching by the revelation of Jesus Christ, is he expounded unto Paul in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And Paul's eyes were opened. And Paul's heart burned within him while the Lord talked with him there in the desert and while he opened to him the scriptures. 
the Lord spoke with Paul there in Arabia that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms, in all of the Old Testament scriptures, because that's what they had. They didn't have the New Testament concerning the Lord Jesus. And then opened he Paul's understanding that he might understand the scriptures. I think this, this is a glimpse of what happened to Paul in those three years in Arabia. And it's why Paul comes back to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. Let's go back there. It's why he comes back and preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Where did he learn that? As the Lord Jesus expounded unto him in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That he is the Son of God. And then it's why Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. Paul preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. He proved, he proved from the Scriptures that the Lord Jesus had expounded unto him all the Scriptures, the things concerning himself. He proved from the Scriptures to the Apostle Paul that he is the very Christ. He is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament Scriptures and prophecies. And again, this is an important point because we need to remember what we talked about last week. That the Apostle Paul is the pattern. He's the pattern for everything. The Lord wants to bring us into Arabia. He wants to bring us apart un unto Himself so that He can teach us by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He wants to expound unto us in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. He wants to open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from His law. Remember, that was the prayer of the psalmist. The Lord wants to do that. He wants to open our eyes. He wants our hearts to burn within us while He talks with us by the way, while, while He opens the Scriptures, He wants to speak to us in, in Arabia that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Law of Moses and in the Prophets and in the Psalms concerning Himself. The Lord wants to open our understanding that we might understand the Scriptures. Now think about it. To that end... He has given us, as He did Paul in Acts chapter 17, or I mean in Acts chapter 9 and verse 17, the Holy Ghost, His Spirit, the Spirit of truth. To do what? To guide you into all truth. He shall glorify me. He's going to take the things of Christ and show them to us. 
He shall receive of mine, the Lord Jesus said, and shall show it unto you. This is how Paul, this is how we are able to preach Christ to the people around us, that He is the Son of God. This is how Paul, this is how we are able to confound the religionists of our day, proving, proving that this is very Christ. He is the very Christ. That's why it's so critical that we have an Arabia in our lives, a desert place, a place where the Lord can bring us apart to be taught by the anointing which we have received of Him so that we can know whom we have believed, so that we can be like the Apostle Paul, steadfast and unmovable, so that we can preach Christ, that He is the Son of God, and prove, prove from the Scriptures that this is very Christ. I love it when Mr. Creech says from time to time in his messages that he can sit down with anybody and prove to them the truth of this book. We ought to be able to do that, folks. We learn that in Arabia, in this place where the Lord wants to take us unto Himself. But when we do, we're going to experience the same attack that Paul did. When the Jews in, in verse 22 are confounded, when their arguments came to naught, these were people who thought they knew something. They didn't know anything. And when they could not gainsay, when they could not argue against, when they could not contradict the message, then what did they do? They attacked the messenger. <laughs> they attacked the messenger. Look at verse 23. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. Okay? Can't argue with the message. So we got to get rid of the messenger. The enemy hasn't changed. And this is one of his favorite tactics. The message is true. And if it's true, when you cannot argue the facts, then what you do, what you do is attack the messenger. See, in the political world, don't we? <laughs> We've been putting up with it for the last two or three months, really, as the political campaign has unfolded. And so that's what these Jews decided to do. We're going to attack the messenger. And so they lay in wait, as we see there in verse 24, to kill Saul. But he, 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 he escapes. The Lord intervenes on his behalf. And in verse 26, he comes to Jerusalem. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem... He essayed, or he tried to join himself to the apostles. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. That is a normal reaction 
was the same reaction that Ananias had, wasn't it? Lord, you sure you want me to go out and talk to this guy? You sure you want me to receive him? Why, he's been sent here to arrest me, people like me. Take us back to Jerusalem. And so we can understand how the disciples were afraid. But Barnabas took him. But Barnabas, but Barnabas. It's the same Barnabas that we read about in um, the church at Jerusalem in Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. This Barnabas who had land, and he took that land and he sold it, and he brought that money and he laid it at the feet of these apostles. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto him them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and out, going, and he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he, as Paul, spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians. They went about to slay him. Now I believe these verses line up with what Paul says in Galatians chapter 1. If you want to look back there, beginning in verse 18. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 18. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter... And abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. And so Barnabas steps in, as we just mentioned in verse 27. He's a man that the apostles knew, a man who the apostles trusted. And he takes Saul and he brings him to the apostles and he tells them, the Lord appeared to him uh, in the way. And he's spoken to Paul. And, and now he has preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. Now, here in verse 27, Acts chapter 9 and verse 27, Dr. Luke tells us that Barnabas brought Paul to the apostles. Paul tells us in Galatians 1, 18 and 19 who these apostles were. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. The apostles that Luke is referring to are Peter and James, the Lord's brother. There's no discrepancy here. Paul saw Peter and he saw the Lord's brother James. He didn't see John. He didn't see John's brother James. He apparently didn't see any of the other apostles. So the, these accounts are in perfect agreement. And Paul does the same thing in Jerusalem that he did in Damascus. He disputes with the Jews just as he did with the Jews in Damascus. 
And these Jews in Jerusalem use the same tactic. They cannot, they cannot uh, disprove the message. As Paul preaches Christ, that He is the Son of God, as He proves in Jerusalem, as He did in Damascus from the Old Testament Scriptures, that this is very Christ. And so all that's left to do is for these Grecian Jews to attack the messenger. And so as we see in Acts chapter 9 and verse 29, they go about to slay Him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought Him down to Caesarea and sent Him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now, look back at Galatians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 20. Paul says, Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. Paul, um, Luke mentions those in um, Acts chapter 9. In verse 31. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which he once destroyed. And they glorified God in me. Here again, in verses 23 and 24, we're reminded of this point that is, is very critical for us to keep in mind. How Paul is a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on the Lord Jesus to everlasting life. This 23rd verse is a very precious verse. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. You know, that's true of us, isn't it? Remember the pattern that we saw in Acts chapter 9? The Lord says to us what he said to Saul. Remember Paul, uh, Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. The Lord says that to us. In time past, we persecuted the Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, tells us how we did that. We walked according to the course of this world, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Think about the song. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. That's how we persecute Him. We don't, we, we don't care 
about the sacrifice of Calvary's cross. We ignore the pricks of the Spirit of God that point us to that message. And all we're interested in is walking according to the course of this world. All we're interested in is fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of this mind that is at enmity with God. We're the children of wrath. Who are we mad at? We're mad at God. That's who. But then we read those wonderful words in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God. But God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. But God, Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, He to rescue me from danger, interposed His precious blood. But God, Paul writes, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. That's true of us if we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior tonight. And it's true that He, that she, that me, that you, which persecuted us in times past, now preacheth the faith which once we destroyed. What, what an amazing statement about the grace of God. Only God can make that conversion in a person's life. Is that the pattern of your life tonight? Is that conversion taking place in your life? Can be. If you're willing to humble your heart and turn to the Lord Jesus from your sins and trust Him and Him alone to be your Savior. I'm going to keep talking about this timeline that Paul gives us. And, and next week's is a very critical timeline, this 14-year period when Paul is going to go back to Jerusalem and what he's going to find there and do there and say there. Very important for us to think about. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank You for this time that we've had together to think about Your Word for a few moments. And we pray that You would take these words and make them a message as only You can. And bring forth in our minds the glories of Your Word and the glories of salvation that we who sometimes were far off and enemies in our minds by wicked works have been made nigh by the blood of Christ. We thank You for the sacrifice of Calvary's cross and for the message that whosoever will, whosoever believeth in Him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.